the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. There are so many Catholic saints. Did you know there's a St. Noel and a St. Benjamin? Are you kidding me, Ben? I am not kidding you. What is St. Noel the saint of? I don't have uh, his, his patron saint information here, uh, but I do know that he was a Jesuit saint, and I thought it was I thought it was cool. Sometimes for my friends, I search out saints with similar names, which is not how you decide which you know saint is your saint. Mm-hmm. I guess. I just thought it was neat that there was a Benjamin and a Noel. Both of whom were martyred, correct? Both of whom were martyred. Do you have to be martyred to become a saint? Is that like a requirement? I want to say no, but I am not myself Catholic. No, no nor am I, but I did learn something very interesting today. There are uh, several flavors of martyr. Did you know this? Yes. There's the proto-martyr, who is like the first martyr in a given region. Then there's the great martyr, which is like a martyr who was martyred under the most uh, nasty of circumstances, yeah, like yeah. involving torture and, you know, consternation. You know, Jesus would have been a great martyr, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of treatment. And that uh, brings us to today's story, which is about— Fairy tales. Yes. For anyone curious about the St. Benjamin, it is a deacon. He's a deacon and a martyr as well in Persia, and he died from merciless torture. Uh, Also a great martyr, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah, but hopefully we're not torturing our super producer, Casey Pegram. I just want to give a shout out to Proto-Martyr, fantastic band. So good. I was listening to them today. Yeah. Um, kind of sound like Nick Cave meets uh, Wire. Sure. And yeah. a little bit of like television kind of thrown in there. Really, really cool. Yeah. Highly recommend Excellent checking band. them out as well. Good wreck, Casey. Good wreck. Casey on the case. So if you are a fan of this show, odds are that you, like us, are fascinated by fairy tales. I did a lot of research in a different life into the origin of fairy tales, which I, I 
I'm sure everybody knows the origins of fairy tales are much more dark and grisly than the Disney adaptations that you see today. Our subject today concerns a fairy tale that's very well known, popularized perhaps by Disney's Tangled uh, film, and that is the story of Rapunzel, the trope of a princess locked in a tower who's got a ton of long hair. It's so cool, Ben, because a lot of these uh, stories that you're talking about that that had very grisly roots um, had even grislier roots before uh, Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm got their hands on them and kind of sanitized them, cleaned them up a little bit. Because oftentimes uh, the story that led to the story was just unbearably grisly, as we're going to get into today. And then when you get to stuff like Tangled, another step removed from the Grimm brothers, it's even further sanitized. With Rapunzel, it turns out that the origins of the story of the aforementioned long-haired princess locked in a uh, tower um, goes back to pagan times. Yeah, yeah. Under pagan Rome. It goes back to several different places, for sure. A lot of fairy tales... I kind of borrow things from a lot of earlier similar pre-existing stories. That's why the princess locked in a tower is a trope that occurs in more than one place. But this story does have a real-life incident that happens in pagan Rome. It concerns someone who became known as St. Barbara. According to the legend, Barbara was the daughter of a wealthy man living in the 3rd century in a place called Nicomedia, which is part of modern-day Turkey. Her father was super protective and was very, very concerned that the evil influences of the outside world would corrupt his daughter, lead to her ruination and debauchment. So he locked her in a tower. And this gave Barbara a lot of time to think. So over her period of isolation, according to the story, let me amend that. This is a legend. Uh, she, what, Noel, she became convinced that the pagan gods of Rome weren't all they were cracked up to be? Yeah, Ben, I actually saw a version of the story where a Catholic priest crept in through the window and, like, schooled her on Catholicism. Because my question is, if all she knew was the pagan ways, mm-hmm. how is she going to all of a sudden have her, a grasp of, of uh, Christianity? Right. That's a great plot hole to point out. The story where she encounters an agent of uh, the Christian God rather than just realizing the Christian God uh, says that the priest was a Catholic and snuck into her chamber, get this disguised as a doctor, and that he kept coming. And over time, he taught her the Catholic faith and eventually baptized her. That's right. There are other versions of the story that don't mention the priest at all that imply that she was just sort of immaculately gifted with the understanding of the Trinity. And um, this goes back to this idea of her window arrangement in that tower, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, because uh, the story says that originally her father locked her in a tower that had two windows. But when she converted to Christianity, regardless of how she did it, she installed a third window in the tower to symbolize, not a stunning plot twist, the Holy Trinity. Yeah, because all that time up there alone, she kind of figured out masonry too, right? Yeah, and uh, how to make windows. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, with like what tools exactly. There's another version of the story where 
while her father was away, he had workmen that were doing some improvements on the land or maybe even installing the windows in the first place and that she asked them to put in a third window. Mm-hmm. And then when the father returned and saw this third window, um, he questioned, he said, daughter, what what gives? And, she's, and, and she yeah. copped to her newfound faith. At which point he, yeah, she said, father, I am a Christian now, at which point he drew a sword to kill her. Immediately, uh, but she used the power of prayer and created an opening in the wall and then teleported, essentially. She was magically transported, or I guess in this case we would say miraculously transported, to a mountain gorge and two shepherds saw her arrive. Yeah. So let's let's take a step back, uh, if, if you're okay with this, Ben. Um, let's pick up the kind of more grisly version, the grim version of the Rapunzel story that many people may be unfamiliar with. Um, do you remember a show that was broadcast on Nickelodeon in the mid-90s, early 90s even, um, that was called Grimm's Fairy Tale Classics? Yes. So it was a Japanese-produced anime um, series. I think there were like 12 episodes, and I think it was distributed in America by— by Haim Saban of Power Rangers fame. And the thing I most remember is that the versions of the stories in this uh, cartoon were the pretty weird, messed up versions. In the grim version of the Rapunzel story, it starts um, with a married couple. The wife is pregnant, and she demands some lettuces uh, from this garden, this fenced-in garden that belongs to an enchantress. Um, Other versions say that she's like a medicine woman that has the power to use herbs to heal or to hurt. Or an evil witch. An evil witch, exactly. And um, so she finally convinces her husband to go in and get her this. uh, It's Rampion is one thing. And also Rapunzel, another name for this uh, kind of root vegetable. You can make a salad out of the leaves. And the witch eventually catches him because he goes back and uh, she agrees not to murder him on sight. But in that classic fairy tale trope, he has to surrender his firstborn child. Mm-hmm. That was this, the cause of all of this in the first place, right? Well, well, in her defense, she also, in addition to sparing his life, says, I'll give you all the herbs you want. That's right. That's right. So there's there's another plus. But the irony is that the wife only is craving these herbs because – or the, the, the vegetables because she's pregnant. Right. And that's a big part of the story too. So he agrees and fast forward to the time that the child is born – a girl named Rapunzel. Oh, the evil witch, by the way, in many versions of the story is named Dame Gothel. How gothic is that? Super. And Dame Gothel, upon the child's birth, takes her to raise his own, and she actually gives her the name Rapunzel. And Rapunzel grows up to be a real looker. She is the most beautiful child in the world with long golden hair. But as soon as she turns 12, the witch or enchantress locks her up inside a tower in the middle of nowhere in the woods. There are no stairs. There's no door. There's just one room and one window. And the way that the witch visits her is by using her hair as rope. So that's where we get the famous line, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair so that I may climb thy golden stair. Or just a shout out to perhaps the more popular modern version. Uh, Casey, we were talking about this off air. Could you guys think we could play a clip of that line without getting sued? Perfect. 
Perfect. So uh, that's that's not the uh, the original line is thy golden stare. And that's of course the Beastie Boys from the uh, incredible album Paul's Boutique. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know. I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many 
different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. And this is how Rapunzel's life is set to be for the rest of her life. As you can imagine, she's pretty bored in this tower. Uh, she amuses herself in a number of ways, combing her incredibly long hair. Possibly learning about masonry. Possibly learning masonry, singing to herself, building windows. Whatever. But, but singing is the key. Singing is the key because the handsome prince, of course, has got to be a handsome prince, hears this mellifluous singing and comes a calling, and then she lets down the hair. He doesn't even know. Well, I don't know. It's, it's unclear to me. How does he get up there in the first place? He doesn't know how to ask for the for the hair. He stalks her. Oh, wait a minute. He does know because he's overheard the witch doing it. He right. stalked her at this point. Yeah, yeah that's not creepy at all. He keeps coming back to listen to the singing. He's like, what's going on? I'm so interested. Presumably, he even impersonates the voice of the witch to get her to let down the hair in the first place. And then all of a sudden he appears to her uh, and she's like, whoa, who's this jabroni coming in through my window trying to pretend to be my grandmama? Because at this point she thinks the witch is like her family. She doesn't remember her parents. Um, and they get it on. Right. Eventually uh, he, he continues to visit her. The number of visits depends on the version you read. And eventually the prince asks Rapunzel to make an honest man of him and they agree to get married. And they say, okay, next step is that we have to figure out how to get you the heck out of here. So they say, look, we know when Dame Gothel, the enchantress or evil witch, comes by. So every time the witch comes by, I'll be out of sight, out of mind, but I'll visit you in the night. And when I visit you, I will bring you a piece of silk. And I won't bring it all at once. I'll just visit you night after night, bring in a piece of silk. And then you will naturally make a ladder out of it because she has also acquired uh, that particular skill or craft. But... Something goes wrong. Well, you know, as things are wont to do in the fairy tale world, the witch overhears this plan. Um, and uh, while the prince is away, she goes up there, confronts Rapunzel, lobs off her hair with a butcher's knife or like a pair of scissors or, or whatever, depending on this, the version, and then sends her away into the wilderness. Yes. Uh, in in the first edition of the Grimm fairy tales version, uh, she says to the witch without knowing exactly what she's saying that her dress is growing tighter around her waist which is an allusion to pregnancy that's right and the and the witch catches on and then in the second edition she cuts off Rapunzel's hair throws her out in the woods the prince comes calling that night and uh, the evil witch lets down the hair that she has cut off he he climbs up you know we can imagine he's looking forward to uh, spending some time with his fiancée, and to his utter and abject horror, he meets the witch instead of Rapunzel. And she says, you're never going to see that girl again. She throws him from the tower, which I think in most versions of the story, he ends up 
hitting a thorn bush and he goes blind. Yeah, they they poke his eyes out. And that's the thing, dude. In that uh, anime version I was telling you about, mm-hmm. it it does that. <laughs> it has that happen. And it's sort of like, his, it's not like bloody or like, you know, scarred, weird, gouged out eyes or anything, but he's kind of got like red, patchy kind of scratch marks all over his eyes and they're sort of like closed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also wanders the wilderness and eventually hears that singing that he liked so, so well and realizes that it's Rapunzel and and he, she has given birth to twin boys, um, I believe, uh, according to um, the Grimm version. Um, and then she cries tears of joy into his eye holes, and he is cured, and the sight is restored to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as much trials and tribulations they go through, it does ultimately end up with them all living together. He takes her back to his kingdom because he can see now and find his way back, and they all live happily ever after. There, uh, there's a Rogaine moment in some versions of the story, too, because he touch, when he can see again, he touches her head and her hair magically grows back. Just like Zoop. Yep. Yep. And uh, the evil witch, when she throws the guy out of the tower, she ends up dropping Rapunzel's hair somehow, and it leaves her trapped in the tower. But this, you know how we're talking about the um, amalgamated origin of what we call modern fairy tales? Uh, we do know that Rapunzel itself uh, has at least the Grimm's version does have a more recent than Roman times influence, a story called Petrocinella or Parsley, uh, written by a guy named Giambattista Basile in his collection of fairy tales in 1634. Interesting. And it's, it's kind of the same, but it's a little more R rated because the encounters between the prince and Rapunzel are much more explicit and sexual. A little more sexual. steamy. Yeah, it's a little little more graphic, a little more uh, late-night Skinamax Got at it. the time. Yeah, indeed. And in the uh, the grim version, the sex is, is simply implied by the uh, baby bump. Mm-hmm, by the tightening waist. So back to St. Barbara. Uh, did she have hair long enough to let someone climb up a tower using it? Could someone climb up a tower using anyone's hair? In St. Barbara's case, the the hair is not not as important. Not it's really not not, not really the there at all. Yeah, no, it's just yeah. like you assume she has some she hair. Presumably had a bob cut, a pixie There's, cut. Sure. Mm-hmm. So when we last left Barbara, her father, who in in this version of the story is named Dioscorus, uh, pursues his daughter. Somehow finds this magic mountain gorge, uh, and then. He's like, where is she? Where is she? And the first shepherd says, I don't know. Don't talk to me. But the second betrays her. And for doing this, this shepherd gets turned to stone and all the sheep in his flock are turned to locust. And because of this betrayal, Dioscorus does find his daughter and he decides, what, no, not to kill her himself? That's right. Well, at least at that moment. Um, but, yeah, he felt like she deserved, uh, you know, her day in kangaroo court. <laughs> right. Uh, which means that she was dragged before the prefect of the province, a guy named Martineus. Yeah. And um, this is where it really starts to get ugly. Um, the court, I guess you could call it, uh, beat her mercilessly and um, beat her with pieces of rawhide uh, on her back. They rubbed her wounds with uh, what you'd call a fur cloth, I guess, just to kind of exacerbate the pain. Um, And at night, she, according to this legend or story, she prayed um, to 
what's referred to in this article from OCA.org as the heavenly bridegroom um, and Jesus, the Savior. Um, and according to the story of this martyrdom, she her wounds were spontaneously healed. Um, and then when they found her healed, they beat her and brutalized her even more. Yeah, they started to use torches to burn her or attempt to. Those torches went out uh, when they were getting close to her body. And they kept trying to torture her. She kept healing uh, through the, the power of prayer. OCA, by the way, is the Orthodox Church in America website, which is a great resource for stories of saints. Eventually, they say, well, look, she's not going to renounce her Christian faith. She's obviously, for some reason, healing very quickly. Uh, so they eventually decide that they are going to kill her. In one version of the story, they say, okay, well, let's see you heal from a beheading. Yeah. In another version, the torture continues to where her body's raked, wounded with hooks. She's led naked through the city as people mock her. Yikes. Then she is eventually beheaded. By by her father. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, you know, and this version of the story that we're reading is from this religious site. So it's kind of presented as fact. Um, it's clearly one version of the story that incorporates some of these uh, mystical religious elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and an added element of comeuppance, her father and the uh, prefect were apparently struck by lightning um, brought on by the wrath of God um, and instantly killed. What goes around comes around, right? This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah. Um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man, and funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. 
<laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This story continued because, as as is the case with so many saints, uh, relics of her body remained. And in the 6th century, the relics of this great martyr, Barbara, because as you said, Noel, there are different types of martyrs, uh, the relics of this saint were transferred to Constantinople, and then they stayed there for 600 years before they were transferred to Kiev uh, by a daughter of the Byzantine emperor Alexius Komnenos, uh, who was also named Barbara. And that is where these relics rest today, at Kiev's St. Vladimir Cathedral, where an akathis to the saint is served each Tuesday. And here's the thing. The Orthodox Church um, is largely what holds this martyrdom in such high esteem. The uh, Because of some of the scarcity of, of real historical records about this, um, she actually was taken off the list of martyrs and saints in 1969 mm. by the Roman Catholic Church. It's true. It's absolutely true. But there's pretty compelling evidence that this story, this princess in a tower trope, uh, did lend uh, did lend some inspiration to the story that we now know as Rapunzel. And, of course, if you have seen Tangled, a lot of this stuff was cut out <laughs> of this story. And uh, I, I, have you seen Tangled, Noel? I have not. I have not, but I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say there probably wasn't a beheading. 
No, I'm pretty sure not. But again, even in that, uh, I was pretty traumatized by that um, anime version where the prince gets his eyes gouged out by thorns, even that being the sort of more sanitized version. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. The Grimm brothers were essentially um, historians, and they collected oral tradition of all of these hundreds, I believe, of uh, folk tales that they then used as inspiration uh, for their Grimm's fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these older folk tales from an academic perspective or a folkloric perspective are immensely and endlessly fascinating because they provide a window into the realities of the time because in in the early versions of stories that would later inspire this fairy tale or the grim version of the fairy tale a lot more emphasis is put on the idea of pregnancy and the use of plants as uh, medicinal aids for pregnant women or for people when they give birth. And the problem is that this was a very dangerous time in a woman's life because, and still is, you know, it, it was such a dangerous time because there were many, many complications that could result in injury or death to the mother or the child. So this worry of having to trust someone who is doing things that seem inexplicable. That's right. Or hence supernatural. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, is a salient and immediate fear. I mean, it's, it's often a, a sign of, uh, of witchcraft or seen as such when a woman um, is close to nature and understands how to harness some of these herbs in ways that the average layperson does not. Um, and that's looked upon with suspicion. And it's almost that thing where making a bargain with a woman like this, you're sort of rolling the dice because you don't know if she is there to heal or to harm. And you know that she potentially has the power to do either. And you have to trust her, right, to do that. So it's sort of, it's it's kind of personifying that inherent paranoia that comes along with putting your fate in the hands of another person who you're not really sure um, of their motives, I guess, right? Yeah, or you don't uh, trust, right? Sure. And as I believe I mentioned in an earlier episode, man, what a what a terrible gig to be a healer back in that time. Because even if you did your best and something went wrong, people would decide you were a witch. There's one interesting thing that we, we should probably, we have to mention, right? The To me, the most fascinating thing about saints is that they're often called the patron saint of one thing or another. And Barbara might surprise some people to learn, is the patron saint of armorers, artillerymen, architects, mathematicians, miners, and the Italian Navy, the whole thing. And if I'm not mistaken, that comes from the the idea in the story that her abusers were struck dead by lightning. Because uh, when you're a miner, you're often subject to cave-ins and even explosions from combustible minerals and things like that. And um, the idea that St. Barbara would protect you from lightning or from those kind of pitfalls of uh, that, that profession, right? Yep, absolutely. She's venerated by Catholics who face the danger of sudden and violent death at work as well. And she, her name is invoked against thunder and lightning and all accidents arising from explosions of gunpowder. An interesting side note, the Spanish word Santa Barbara and the corresponding word Santa Barbara uh, signify the powder magazine of a ship or a fortress. And back in the day, it used to be standard operating procedure to have a statue of this saint at the magazine to protect the structure from suddenly exploding. So there's the more you know star flying over my head. <laughs> 
in Santa Barbara, California, which is uh, on the coast, um, has a lot of oil and gas fields. And, of course, Santa Barbara is Spanish for St. Barbara. Fascinating. And now we have to uh, ask ourselves, what other secrets do modern fairy tales or modern versions of fairy tales hold for us here in 2019? Uh, We'd like to hear your story about your favorite fairy tale secrets. I'd also like to, before we close out the show, give a shout out to a new follower I have on Twitter uh, that just made my day. I think Casey, Noel, I think you'll both enjoy this. Somebody made a Twitter account called Ridiculous History Out of Context, where they just take uh, quotes or interactions from us and post them without explaining where they came from or what they pertain to. What? We have a joke Twitter account? We do, and I don't know who. I don't know who does it. I assume you're listening. I just wanted to say thanks. So we've arrived. If you want to follow them, follow them at Out Ridiculous on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I really just do the Instagram thing. You can follow me at Embryonic Insider. You can follow me at Ben Bolin. You can also meet the best part of this show, your fellow listeners on our Facebook page, Ridiculous Historians. Big thanks, as always, to uh, super producer Casey Pegram. Casey, I've got to look up uh, Saints and see which which one you might identify with. I'll, I'll get back to you over the weekend. Big thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Thanks to Gabe Luzier, our research assistant, associate, whatever you want to call him. He is the stuff. A genuine gem, that guy. Gabe is an absolute gift. We have some things coming up for you, so stay tuned. We might have some special guests in the mix. Uh, We might have uh, the return of Christopher Hasiotis. That's right. And in the meantime, we would love it very much if you would say nice things about the show on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. Mm -hmm. Now, they'll they'll say that you're supposed to call it Apple Podcasts now, but don't let them fool you. You can call it whatever you want. You know what we mean. Yeah. See you next time, folks. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.